from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. don't give a damn what any of us think all they do is figure out ways to win and now they're up three nothing after an absolute dismantling of the boston celtics that has the celtics reeling and heat fans on the verge of celebrating it's fitz and harry on espn radio the espn app sirius xm channel 80 and your smart speakers you just got to ask them politely hey Play ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And we're joined right out of the gates with some expertise. Not only is he dashingly good-looking, funny, charming, witty, he's also an expert on the NBA, ESPN NBA reporter Nick Friedel joining us. Nick, before uh, before we get your thoughts on anything else, I got to get your thoughts on this. This just came to us. We just heard it for the first time. I want you to hear it. This is Eric Spolstra, Heat head coach, today at his press conference. Uh, a critic was uh, – sorry, one of the reporters was asking – a question here about the noise about, you know, sort of over over accomplishing here from undrafted players. This is how it went down. When you talk about labels, undrafted is one of those labels with about five or six guys on the team labeled as, as undrafted. At some point, do you turn, turn to the critics and you say, look, I told you so. No, to you. we don't give a right? Uh, that's an old storyline. That's just kind of a lazy storyline, but it is what it is. We, we're, we're focused on the task at hand. We just want to get ready uh, for tomorrow. should be a, a, a really competitive physical game, and uh, that's what our guys live for. They live for competition, um, live for the challenges, and um, we just want to focus on that. Nick, is it a tired, lazy storyline? Yeah, <laughs> because this, uh, this team – believes in these guys completely. And Spolster's point is that they've been doing the same things now for several years. The Gabe Vincent and the Max Struces and the Duncan Robinsons and the Caleb Martins. They've been preparing for this moment. And I think what you heard there from Spolstra, and that was, you know, 45 minutes ago here at the arena, is just a... Hey, frustration over the last few days because he keeps getting asked this question because most people who aren't around this team are going, how in the hell are these guys, not just Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, beating up on the Boston Celtics? And the answer is because they have prepared for this moment. And Fitz, you and I have talked about this a lot over the last few years, but the Heat are the closest thing the NBA has to a college program. They pick guys who they think fit their system the best, and then they train them over the course of a few years and believe in the mental toughness of the guys that they've got. And that is showing more and more in this series, and it is a gigantic reason why the Heat are one game away from another finals appearance. So, Nick, i got to ask you because – I understand that, you know, all those guys that are undrafted who are playing at a high level right now, they have that self-confidence and that self-belief. But what does it say about also Eric Spolstra being their head coach and Jimmy Butler being their superstar player? Harry, what it says as far as Spolstra goes is he's probably the best coach in the league right now. Nobody can diagnose his team's issues on the fly better than Spolster can and put his guys in the best 
position to have success. It is just a reality when you talk to these players how much respect they have for him and what he does as far as game planning and adjustment during that game. As far as Jimmy is concerned, he just fits this group. Uh, Jimmy needed the Heat as much as the Heat needed Jimmy a few years ago. They needed the star power that he had within him, but he needed the Heat and the culture that so many people roll their eyes at to bring the most out of his game. So it fits all the way around, but this goes back to Spolster's original point. It's not just one guy within this group who has – made it all go. I mean, it all starts with Jimmy. He's been awesome. And Spolstra is uh, one of the very best at what he does. But their point is that it's a team effort top to bottom. And that's hard to argue with what you've seen from them over the course of this last month on this run. So at least the not coming into the playoffs was that they didn't shoot well from deep and nobody could figure out why. Now all of a sudden it feels like they've fixed that. What's changed? The confidence within the group that was always high, Mr. Fitz, is just running wild right now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, watching the Heat and watching the way they play, the the comparison I would give is like in the old days when the Ultimate Warrior would run to the ring and just shake up the ropes uh, before he started rolling. That's what it feels like watching the Miami uh, Heat at the moment. And specific to the shooting, uh, they've just all caught – a rhythm at the same time. When you're when you are getting the contributions from the Vincents and the Martins and the Struces and Robinsons uh, knocking down shots, and in the last series against the Knicks, it was Kyle Lowry who had several big games. When you're getting that and you're seeing guys raise the level of their own games, I think it is contagious. And I think the other part to this is when you're seeing what Jimmy's doing. Everybody in that locker room, guys, wants to pick up their own game because they know how good uh, he has been. So there are a lot of reasons why, but the biggest one is that the confidence within that locker room is overwhelming right now. Nick, let me ask you this, because I do believe this is a thing. You know, the Miami Heat and their players, being down on South Beach and me personally knowing – what that area feels like and how they are with players down there when you're successful and they're having the moments that they're able to have, like 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 currently 3-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals, it adds another dimension towards, towards a player's mindset when, you know, you can go to the beach on your off day and walk down the beach in your leopard speedos and feel good and have your abs showing. It just feels different when you add that to it. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I don't think so. I mean, these guys there are walking around like, hey, uh, we got this. Uh, and it's not so much that they're overlooking anybody because that's not it at all. It's that they're not uh, allowing all the potential distractions to get in their way. But to your point about being down here and playing down here, I think when everybody's looking at you going, hey, guys, uh, this is pretty awesome, uh, and, and you mix in <laughs> how, how much fun it can be uh, when things are going right, uh, that doesn't hurt at all. But, but guys, I'd, I'd also add this. I've been around this team enough to know that the reason why 
they have been successful, aside from the stuff that we've outlined, is that they are focused day to day on on what's going on. That they do not look ahead. I mean, listen to these answers, and, and we heard that Spolster cut uh, just a few minutes ago. It was like being at a shoot around in December. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, we're a game away from the finals, but uh, we know that it's it's going to take more than that. And as Bam just said, hey, it's going to be uh, – uh, there's going to be a lot of time to say I told you so. And that time is not right now. So uh, I have always been impressed as I've come down here uh, that despite anything else that's happening, this team's always been able to kind of control what's around them. And that speaks to, again, uh, the framework that's been in place from the ownership on down. Well, uh, here's the thing, Nick. You're, you're a lot smarter than me. You've watched a lot more basketball than I have in my life. I'm trying to figure out how in the hell I just watched a Celtics team come out with without that level of give a damn when their backs were up against the wall and they were just getting slapped around by the heat. Like, what happened with Boston here? That was flat-out embarrassing, truly. To watch that game last night was embarrassing for the Celtics. And Fitz, what I would say to you, on this front is I know there's so much talk about Joe Missoula and doesn't seem like he's ready for the moment. Spolstra is running circles around what Boston is doing. Okay, there's a learning curve there for sure. The other part that I don't think is getting nearly enough attention is where in the world are Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? If you are the two stars of a team that was a couple games away from a title last year and you're going up against the eight seed, uh, that sure, they've got confidence, but the Celtics have a hell of a roster. For Boston to roll over the way that they did, doesn't just say to me, oh, well, you know, Missoula may be out of his depth. What it says is the leadership that the leaders on this team are not giving their group right now is really noticeable. And that part was stunning to watch unfold last night. The, the most stunning thing, frankly, is that you let a leopard speedo analogy get like just went right by. Like you just uh, Harry's out here talking about leopard speedo. I mean, I know, I know from experience I too, mean, I mean, Nick. That's why I asked the question. You know, now, my brother was down there when them heatles was down there, baby. Now, <laughs> your brother's walking around in, in, in leopard speedo. Like, no, I was. Oh, okay. I, I was just gonna say, like, Nick, I'm not here to judge you one way or the other, buddy. Like, if you want to walk around in leopard speedo as your friend, I support that. I just, I just thought it was. Do it and get lepers, Nick. Do it and get lepers, baby. You know what that's gonna. I, I mean, I I hope you would judge me at that point and be like, you know what, my <laughs> man, you've been eating too many damn cheeseburgers at two a.m. I don't know if the leopard speedo is the right move. <laughs> right so, oh my god! I hope you're there for me. I'm always here for you, and now I know that uh, you know when Harry and I go to Vegas together, I don't have to pack a lot of luggage. It's gonna be leopard speedos only for me. Uh, Nick. I appreciate your time as always. Thanks for the expertise, brother. We appreciate you. Always, guys. Thanks for having me. Nick Friedel, ESPN NBA reporter. Nick just hit on the Celtics' biggest issue and leaves us questioning what's next for Boston. We'll answer that. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
games to none. The defending Eastern Conference champion Celtics face a must-win game four. Will they survive? Or are the Heat heading to their seventh NBA Finals? Game four, the Heat and Celtics, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins tomorrow at 8 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Sometimes when you see one side playing with emotion, almost chaotic like desperation, with give a damn that you just can't believe, it only makes you realize more that the other side doesn't have it. And that's specifically what it feels like we're seeing right now in the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Now, I'll be careful here. I, I never want to question whether an athlete cares because I think athletes care inherently more than they get credit from from fans and from a lot of people sitting in front of a microphone. On this show, we like to make sure that we understand the the mindset of the athlete. I'm working with somebody that played in the NFL for 10 years. I think most guys at that point give a damn about winning. But there's a difference between giving a damn about your profession and having utter desperation when you step on the court. Not everybody brings that same level of intensity and Harry it feels like we are seeing that right now in this series because we are seeing one thing from Jimmy Butler that is wildly different than what we're seeing from anybody in the Boston within the Boston Celtics organization it is yeah. it's a different fire yeah for me it's one word it's starvation right Jimmy Butler is starving mm. for an NBA championship and you look at you know, his career when he got to Miami. Three of the four years, he's been to the Eastern Conference Finals. He reached the finals one time in 2019-2020 season before losing to LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Los Angeles Lakers in that championship. And he never made excuses, Fitz. Always understand the task, understood the task at hand. And not only does he do it with his play on the court, he backs up everything that he says. And it's let me tell you why it's mind-boggling sometimes for me when you listen to people like Joel Embiid after they lose to the Boston Celtics say that, you know, it's it takes a team, we can't do it alone. Yeah, we all understand that it takes a team and you can't do it alone. But here we are also watching a guy in Jimmy Butler who the supporting cast have been phenomenal. But his individual effort has not allowed the Miami Heat to be in a situation that the Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid is in at this moment, right? He rose his game to another level in this NBA playoffs. So when you see a guy like that and that has that mindset and the way he's playing in this entire playoffs, it says to me one thing. He's going to do everything in his power to try to make sure that the Miami Heat, on his shoulders, get to where they want to be at the end of the day. Yeah, because when that guy, when that guy is that way, everybody else has to match it. Like there's That's just right. you can read that, read the room from a mile away. You can feel the expectation coming from Jimmy Butler and the expectation coming from Spolstra and the expectation from the Heat coming from the Heat. It's something that was referenced by Danny Green. You know, obviously played with the Cavs, ESPN NBA analyst. When he said this specifically about what's going right for the Heat and Jimmy Butler, I mean, he just knows uh, what needs to, what it takes to win, what needs to be done, and um, he, he's great at. at um, obviously, he's very explosive, he's very athletic, 
He's great at playing the mind game within the game. Um, he knows how to get to his spots. He knows how to get under people's skin. He knows how to get guys in foul trouble. Um, he's a high IQ player. That's what makes him so special. And he's very athletic. So when you're a very athletic and a high IQ player, you're able to you know get a lot of advantages on people. Um, but he knows how to build the confidence and lead and encourage his teammates. And as, as well as he's been playing, I give a lot of credit to the bench and the guys around him. And I smile, Fitz, when I'm watching Jimmy Butler play because I thought Dwayne Wade, who also wore a Heat jersey, had a lethal pump fake. Jimmy Butler's pump fake might be more lethal than Dwayne Wade's because people fall for it, defenders fall for it every single time. But not only can Jimmy Butler do it offensively, Jimmy Butler can do it defensively. So now the supporting cast see him exerting everything that he has in his body on both ends of the floor, also having the high basketball IQ, also being there in, in tune mentally. So now they're forced, like you mentioned, to step up their play. And he also gives them that confidence along with their head coach. It's a it's a tone. And, you know, this is Jalen Brown. Uh, obviously, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, as Nick Friedel just said, deserves a lot. They deserve a lot of questions right now. I don't want to say blame necessarily, but questions right now for why we are where we are. This is what Jalen Brown said after the Boston loss about what went wrong. I'm not sure. Um, give credit to the Miami Heat, man. You know, those guys are playing unbelievable right now. Um, and we just seemed to couldn't get stops. You know, those guys are hitting shots and playing well, playing with confidence, and we allowed them to have that. You're not sure. You're not sure. 12 for 35 from the field, you and Jason Tatum combined. You two guys didn't show up. One for 14 from the three-point line. You guys kept turning the ball over this entire series. What the hell you mean you're not sure? Well, is Joe Mazzulla showing you the film? Because, damn, if you in, if you in tune, you would know why you're down 3-0 right now. I, think about the tone we heard from Jimmy Butler a couple of days Not ago. sure. And Jimmy Butler was coming in with so much aggression and is like, now nah, we're right where we belong. We don't give a damn what any of you think. There's, there's, a, there's just a level of passion behind everything. Like, just the very – what went wrong? I'm not sure. Listen to the defeat in the tone of that. I, I, I don't know, Harry. Like, in my mind – Hunger is is real. You said starvation, and I love that word. One thing that we've loved about working with each other is that every day we're we're hungry for more, right? Every day we want to do the best show we can. Uh, y'all don't necessarily realize this, but we do a ton of coaching sessions. We do a ton of talking. We do a ton of dreaming together, like the things that we want to accomplish. There's a starvation to wanting more in this industry. You had it the first time we ever worked together in 2019. I've had it my whole time here. And sometimes you can do things for a minute and you lose that. It feels like in some ways, whether it's the coach, whether it's the personalities, Tatum and Brown don't have that same level. They did in Game 7. They did in Game 7. And when Tatum had it in Game 7, guess what? You couldn't stop him. When Tatum came out with that level of, I am starved for this, because you said, coming into this, Jimmy Butler, you can tell Jimmy Butler's been waiting a year from this moment. How are the Celtics? who lost in the NBA Finals, not feeling the same same way right now. How is this Boston Celtics team not desperate to get there and desperate to get a ring? Because it doesn't feel like they are. I'll tell you, though, the mindset is different. The mindset is different from a year ago. Like, their goal is to win an NBA championship, but their actions and what we're seeing aren't telling us that, right? Their actions last year told us something differently, from January on up until the NBA Finals, right? That's that's what their actions told us. But also, Fitz, when, I, when I'm looking at this team, 
They they aren't winning the hustle plays, the 50-50 balls. But I question who's the leader? Who's the alpha? Where's the pride in playing this game that we all love so much that you get paid millions of dollars to do? Right? Well, who what are all those things? And, and I can't tell you. I, I, I can't tell you right now because I don't know. You you and I have said a million times working at ESPN, nobody here works harder than Stephen A, right? And when yep. your biggest star that makes the most money is also the guy that grinds the hardest, everybody else got to step up. How many times have we talked about that? That's what's happening in Miami. The biggest star is Jimmy Butler, and everybody else on that team is sitting there saying, well, Butler's doing this. I got to do it too. In the, For Boston, they're all just sitting here, and it feels like the whole team is telling you this. I'm not sure. Exactly. That's the whole problem. Well, can I tell you something really quick, though? I know what I was sure of. I'm sure when somebody got beat off the dribble last year and they came to Al Horford or Robert Williams, it wasn't a sure bucket. The other night watching this team, last night watching this team, the Miami Heat drive the lane, it was a bucket damn near every time they got to the lane. Playing like they're already on vacation. Fitz and Harry yeah. presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? Yeah. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. While the NBA Conference Finals are both 3-0, there's another playoff right now that you should be paying attention to. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. that he had into cross the line. Stone to the right. Theodore shooting. Save. Rebound is loose. They score. Vegas overtime. Another win for Vegas to take a 2-0 series lead. The Flamingos are on the ice. Vegas strikes just a minute and 12 seconds into the fourth period. And a 2-0 series lead for Vegas. The Flamingos are on the ice, even though I still maintain the Flamingos should have been the name of the franchise all in all. But still, I digress. Vegas up 2-0 in the Western Conference Final. And what's amazing is whether we're talking about the East or the West, there's been one constant in this year's Conference Final. In each side, every game has gone to overtime. My God. God, this music's good, by the way. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, I'm a big fan of playing NHL hockey games, and I used to just pop it on and just let this theme run over and over and over again. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, there is no theme for any of our sports that outdoes this one. Oh, it makes me feel good. Greg Wyshynski also makes me feel good. ESPN senior NHL writer joining us now. Uh, Wish, give me some sort of as much hockey as you've covered. Have you ever seen a conference final run where we've had this sort of drama on both sides? And by as much hockey as you've covered, of course, you mean cover, having covered game one of the uh, Panthers Carolina series, the <laughs> sixth longest Stanley Cup playoff game we've ever had. No, man, it, it, it's incredibly tight, which is amazing when you think about the first two rounds and, and how many blowouts we had. I think at one point in the playoffs, we had more games that had a four-goal lead for one team uh, in them than we had had in, like, the last 30 years. 
uh, it's pretty crazy how tight it's all gotten in the conference final. And, and again, you know, you look at that Dallas Vegas series, that's a one bounce here or there thing. And in the Vega, in the uh, Carolina uh, Florida series, it's uh, Matthew Kachuk deciding whether or not <laughs> the game will be over apparently. And Greg, I want to stick right there with the Florida Panthers and Matthew Kachuk and what he's been able to do, scoring both goals in overtime, getting the Florida Panthers uh, those two wins. What have you seen from him throughout this playoffs to say the Florida Panthers could probably take this series and potentially win the Stanley Cup Finals? It's been the best combination of on the ice and off the ice leadership that we've seen in the playoffs. I mean, you know, his two overtime game winners against the Panthers notwithstanding. He also had an overtime game winner in Game 5 against Boston that turned that series. They were down 3-1 in that series to Boston. He scores an overtime, gives them new life. But off the ice, you know, he's kind of personified the underdog vibe of this team when necessary. He's provided swagger when necessary. I mean, he scores those two game winners in this series against Carolina and both times immediately points to the exit door on the ice to lead his team off uh, as they sprint away like thieves in the night. It's such a cool vibe. He's such a a swaggery player, and they're definitely kind of feeding off not only that vibe, but also him being one of the more accomplished and successful offensive players in this postseason. We're talking to Greg Wyshynski, ESPN senior NHL writer. All these uh, overtime games make me think I'm going to date myself here, and somebody will correct me on Twitter. Mid-'90s, I remember sitting up half the night watching the Capitals, in one of those like four or five overtime <laughs> games, I, I, there were a couple of them in those playoff years that were were wild. And all I kept thinking about is you got to get up and play again in a couple of days. It, what impact in your mind do these overtimes have as these series wear on? Well, I mean, in, in the case of, of Carolina and Florida, it had a huge impact on game two. I mean, the teams didn't practice the next day. Um, you know, the Hurricanes decided not to play Freddie Anderson their goalie who played all four overtimes in game one in game two, they gave the crease to Auntie Ranta, their backup. He played okay. I thought in, in game two, but now they're going back to Anderson in game three. So it's going to be a really interesting vibe. I mean, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky, the Florida goalie, he's powered through these overtime games for them. Anderson's now had a little bit of rest, a little bit of, of mental clearance from that overtime loss in game one. And so we'll see if that, that helps him in a big way in this game. Now, Greg, all of our teams are out except for Fitz's team, woo! the Vegas woo! Knights. Um, you just had to bring up Kachuk hitting the overtime goal against my Boston Bruins. I'm not going to hold it against you. You were just doing your job. But when you look at the Vegas Knights, what must they do in order to finish this thing off? I know they're only up 2-0 in this series, but what's, what's something that they haven't done so well versus the Dallas Stars that they probably could do better to ensure that they advance to the Stanley Cup Finals? Well, I think playing with a lead a little bit more would be the thing that you'd want them to do. I thought in Game 2, obviously, they get down early against against Dallas and then are chasing the game a little bit. But the thing that they did really well in Game 2 is not allow the Stars to get away from them. I talked to Pete DeBoer, the Dallas Stars coach, earlier today. We talked about the fact, and he acknowledged this, that if the Stars could have found a way to get that third goal, to get a 3-1 lead in that game, it's basically done. I mean, it really felt like one of those games where Vegas could come back from one down, but probably not from two down. And uh, their inability to build on that lead in the third period, I think, is what kind of led to their downfall in that game. So, you know, Vegas, less chasing at the game for Dallas, definitely, if you're given the opportunity, 
put your opponent away, which is something they weren't able to do at all in game two. I'm rooting for Vegas. Uh, I'm rooting uh, for yeah, Vegas now. Yeah, here's the thing, Greg. <laughs> we're going to the Stanley Cup final somehow. I don't know how we're getting in. We're going to have to probably hide in your jacket. But, you know, if if Vegas goes, we're, we're going into this thing. So the show at this point is all Golden Knights fans. But I, I, I do have to ask you quick here, like – uh, the, the Golden Knights, uh, Stats and Info pointed out that 2023 Golden Knights have eight comeback wins in this postseason. You start thinking about what we've seen. You've seen Florida go through and win six of the, six of their nine wins have, uh, were comebacks. Are these teams actually good right now, or are these teams just really lucky? <laughs> Luck's playing a little, little role in it. By the way, don't twist my arm on a Fort Lauderdale Vegas Stanley Cup final as a hockey writer. I'd be doing pretty good on that one. God, yeah. We just finished talking <laughs> but, about wearing our leopard speedos on the beach, baby. Greg, you can wear your leopard speedos <laughs> too, my man. <laughs> but you have to remember, like, the thing about Vegas is that they've got a lot of guys that can finish. they got a lot of guys that can score. And in Jack Eichel, they have a, an absolute star player right now that's playing some of the best hockey of his career. I mean, the, the turnover Dallas had uh, at the end of regulation – uh, was rough, but it was the pass that Eichel made to set up Jonathan Marsh so that made that thing work. And you know, Vegas has got a bunch of a bunch of gamers. I mean, Florida's got a bunch of guys that can score goals. It's the teams that find ways to finish in the playoffs that advance. And in, in the case of the Carolina Hurricanes, their our big question about them even before the beginning of the season was: Are they going to be able to find that goal when they need it in the playoffs? And so far, because of some injuries to goal scorers and, and other things. Uh, they can't finish, Florida can, and that's why they're up 2-0. All right, so uh, I said it. Harry and I, we're going to try and take the whole show stuff. I don't know. We're just going to try and make this a thing. We're going to go to Vegas if the Golden Knights get to the Stanley Cup final. In your humble expert opinion, will we be going to Vegas? <laughs> I'll put it this way. I, I, don't, I think Florida's advancing. I, I think Carolina might be cooked in that series. Um, you know, two losses on home ice, tough to recover from that. They don't play as well on the road as they do at home. I don't think this Dallas series is quite done. I, I think uh. Vegas has put themselves in a real position to win the series, but I have a feeling the Stars have a counterpunch. I would not be shocked if we go back to Vegas tied 2-2, uh, and after that, all bets are off if the Stars have some momentum. I picked Dallas in the series. I still think they're not done yet. All right, Greg, before you go, what's the famous saying about Vegas when you go? Do you know what it is? <laughs> that what happens there stays there. Damn it, Greg! Don't, don't, don't! There you go, baby. I love it. Do we just, do we just walk up to T-Mobile, knock on the door, and be like, "Hey, Wish sent us," and then we get in? Is that how that works? Like, I'm just. <laughs> oh, there, listen. There are some rooms in that town where, if you mention my name, I could probably help you out. I don't know if it's going to be the arena or not, but uh, look, man, it's it's oh, a good run Greg. for that team. They're a real good hockey team. I think they got a chance. Uh, yeah, we'll see you in Vegas, buddy, because I'm still believing. And uh, you know what? We'll buy the first round at one of those places you, you get us into. Craig Wyshynski, ESPN Senior NHL writer. <laughs> Thanks for the expertise, my friend. I appreciate you. Anytime. Uh, we're going to keep getting you the hockey breakdowns on here because the Stanley Cup playoffs so far this round have been absolutely epic. And let's face it, the NBA hasn't. So we're going to give you all the excitement you could possibly want. That being said, with all of this Lakers talk, there's a lot more on the line than just the Lakers' season tonight. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
One, two, three. Even look right before the play-in game. Part of the reason I counted the Lakers out. They had to play so many minutes against a team like Utah. At some point, those cumulative minutes add up. And when one of your stars that you desperately still need is 38 years old, you are asking so much of those legs that have been through so many minutes. that You can want to all day long. You can have the mindset and the energy all day long. It doesn't mean your body physically cooperates. And what feels like happens at some point in every game is there is a moment where the the Nuggets press the turbo button and the Lakers just don't have the gas left in the tank to keep up. Three hours later. Tonight, the Western Conference Finals, Game 4, Nuggets at Lakers on ESPN Radio, also on ESPN. NBA Countdown starts at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. You don't want to miss that. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. So you have the chance, if you're in your car, tune in. You can listen to every single second of the game. P.J. Carlissima and Mark Estesher will be on the call, always doing great work. And it's funny because tonight, there will be a lot on the line. The concept of watching LeBron and AD get swept, no matter how good Denver is, is one that will sit in the craw of many to think that the Lakers were able to eliminate the Grizzlies, then eliminate the Warriors, and just not really be able to make a dent in this. That would be something uh, that, that will be significant to some. What it means for LeBron right now, how frustrated the Lakers are right now, they're all going to be real conversations. But it's going to lead to a conversation about what happens next. Because they're not going to go through this whole offseason and just run it back. No matter how good they've been since the trade deadline, what you've seen in this series is the Lakers don't have the necessary uh, ammo to contend with a team like Denver, right? So that leads to questions about who could come, including but not limited to one Kyrie Irving. This is what Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, said on Keyshawn J. Will and Max today about the possibility of Kyrie ending up a Laker. The Kyrie thing with the Lakers is it's kind of up to Kyrie because I don't think they're going to be able to get to the with unless the Dallas Mavericks help Kyrie out. I don't think they're going to be able to get to the number, the max number. And so if Kyrie Irving is willing to come for less than the max, which would enable the Lakers to keep Austin Reeves as well, I think it's something that they have to consider. Harry, would you do it? I would. I would. And you look at a guy in Kyrie as someone who the moment doesn't get too big for him. And you remember Kyrie Irving hitting that big shot to help LeBron win that championship in Cleveland for the first time. Um, also, you look at a Kyrie Irving while being down 3-1 in that series, being a guy that can score 40 alongside LeBron James to buy them more time and give them another game to potentially come back from being down 3-1. You look at a guy that can score the basketball from all areas on the basketball court. What's one of the things that's probably knocking the Los Angeles Lakers right now? The point guard play and the inability to be able to get scoring from that position. A guy like Kyrie Irving could also spell minutes for a LeBron James and an Anthony Davis. When you know you have a guy in there that's prolific from a scoring standpoint and can get put the basketball in the basket at any time, now you can rest those other guys and not necessarily have to have them on the court for 43 and 42 minutes, Fitz. It's the minutes that really hit me because we've seen, as you just heard when we were coming back, 
we've seen the the Lakers run out of gas so many times. And I'm not going to sit here because the, the concept that people continually echo is that Father Time is undefeated. Well, sometimes you have to adjust to that, though. So if we can all agree that Father Time might finally be winning the battle against LeBron, fine. If that's how we feel about it, great. Maybe the key, instead of just presuming it's all or nothing, well, Father Time's won, LeBron must be washed. It's not that at all. you got to find effective ways to get minutes where he's not on the floor. Instead of having him play 40 or 41 minutes a game, how much different would this series look if you were asking 32, 34, 35 minutes? That small difference in the amount of time on the floor could make a huge difference to his productivity. And I'll tell you, you just look at some of the things that have transpired throughout the NBA over the years, right? The Warriors have a historical season. They lose being up 3-1 in a series. What do they do the following year? They go get a Kevin Durant. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks. They weren't finishing the way they felt like they probably could have. What do they do? They trade Eric Bledsoe. They go get a Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. right? So th- to me, it's nothing for the Los Angeles Lakers to go and say, you know what, if we get swept in this series or lose this series in five games, we need to make a big splash so we're not in this position again the following year. So let us go get a Kyrie Irving, a guy that we know that can help out a LeBron James and Anthony Davis in a massive way fit. Uh, now that you've said that, it just stuck in my head how often we've seen teams that really want to be great be aggressive when they need to. Yeah, there are exceptions to the rule, but you're right. Like Aggressiveness matters. Otherwise, you're just running it back to, for the sake of running it back. And look, I'll throw another one in there. The Toronto Raptors, right? Trading DeMar DeRozan and getting... You know, um, trading Kyle, a, a Kawhi Leonard, Leonard. Yeah. and what happened that same year? They won an NBA championship uh, under Nick Nurse. So teams do it all the time. Yeah, it is. It is an interesting moment because the salary cap's complicated. I'm not going to make light of that. And obviously, the Lakers have some weird issues financially. They'll have to figure out. And Austin Reeves is going to get paid by somebody. I'm presuming Ooh. them. So all, through all of it, they're going to have to find a balancing act. I just don't see any way they simply. Run it back. All right. We'll get you caught up on all of it tomorrow. But in the meantime, Kenny and Carlin will keep getting you caught up on everything today. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.